Hey there, I'm Ryan Holmes, and you are listening to episode seven of the Untold Santa Cruz podcast, where we dive curiously into the deep and important work coming out of this beautiful city on the edge of the Monterey Bay. Today, you'll learn how one woman took a scary experience and leveraged it into a successful global nonprofit organization, how to talk to your kids when scary things come up, and how to set boundaries with yourself and the constant stream of information coming your way so that you can do your best work. Today's guest is the author of 123 The Toddler Years, a practical guide for parents and caregivers, the co-founder of Kid Power International, and someone I feel honored to call a colleague and friend. Please welcome Irene Vanderzanda. Welcome, Irene. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to uh, virtually sit down with me today. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks. Um, I wanted to talk to you because this seems like an absolutely fascinating time um, to be running an organization that um, that deals with safety with people. Well, that yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I'm an instructor for Kid Power. I'm one of the padded instructors. Uh, and, you know, so a lot of what I do with the organization is physical. Uh, and we can't do that right now. How are you and the organization pivoting and, and you know, finding a place in this moment? Well, for many, many years, people have asked us to do more online. Because even if they love our in-person work, a lot of people can't get to it. And, um, and we have. We built up an online library of videos and articles of over 400 free resources. But people kept asking for training online, right. coaching online. And so now we, are, we just said, okay, we can't be in person. It's not safe. And so putting all of our energy towards providing resources online and because and, and training. So we've been doing um, webinars, parent-child workshops, little recordings of pieces of our work uh, so that people can have a huge amount of access during this pandemic and beyond. There will always be places where we don't have instructors. I mean, more places that we don't have than we do right. have. Or one of the wonderful um, stories was a woman who had actually in an area where we do a lot of service. It was a, um, a preschool and she would be providing the child care while the parents and teachers got training. And she said, I always wanted to learn from Kid Power oh, and wow. now I can. And so that is uh, even in a place where we do work all the time. Now, we do full force self-defense like with you, but we also teach co positive communication and boundary setting and emotional safety skills yeah. that really help to reduce anxiety and to help people take charge of their safety and, and the well-being and to teach their kids to do the same. Yeah, Th that's always been such important work. And especially now, uh, I mean, I love the physical work we do. The you know the full force work is really fun, and I love seeing people walk out empowered. But honestly, I, I mean, you you hope you never have to use those skills, and we use these other skills almost every day, don't we? Yes, yes, yeah. we do. Um, I saw you just uh, uh, taught. Uh, it was a um, 
it was, well, I saw you did a boundary setting workshop and then I saw you did one. What was it? Uh, conflict resolution webinar. And I was really fascinated by this because with everyone stuck at home together, I'm sure most people are finding there's more conflict. How was that? It was great. All of the webinars, people, we've had more than a hundred people sign up for every one of the eight webinars we've done live. And we have the recordings still available on our website. That's great. And we plan to do more because people, uh, not only did they sign up, but more than 70 people actually came and stayed, which tells you how hungry (laughs) people are for this information. And it's really you know, when people say, I can use these skills for myself, my grandkids, and the preschools I'm supporting, mm. or for, um, or, or I'm, I'm starting to do some workshops for programs with people with intellectual disabilities. Oh, that's great. And their, and their supporters. Yeah. Uh, one fellow was on the screen with his mom, and he said, we're cellmates. <laughs> <laughs> but we, have, we, and we can learn how to get along, but we're cellmates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of these skills um, help us get along better, don't they? I mean, when it, it strikes me that when we, we, when we do an in-person um, class, a lot of people hope to never need these skills. They see self-defense skills and they think, ooh, I hope I don't need that or I know how to protect myself or, you know... I've been okay in the past. Is it easier almost to get people now that we're realizing, oh, boundary setting skills and and conflict resolution? Yes, people, uh, yes, you know, we're just getting people and they're asking us, can you show us the eight skills to stop bullying? Mm. Can you show us skills or practice with the skills for getting along at home and staying in charge of your emotional safety? We have 10 emotional safety techniques we teach. And at the heart of conflict resolution is, first of all, taking charge of yourself. Mm. Because when you communicate with anger, all people hear is your anger. Yeah. When you can get, you have the right to your anger or your frustration. And when you're communicating, it works better if you're calm and centered. And because then it can be a respectful communication. And then you can practice how to be powerful, respectful, and persistent at the same time. And then boundary setting, because people don't like being told what to do. (laughs) That's right. And when you practice how to persist when people are not reacting well, no matter how well you worded it, then it it, it creates a sense of of empowerment. Absolutely. Um, You know, we, we, I remember teaching this, I think it was with you in a high school, and we taught you know, when there's a difficult conversation going on, maybe between a teen and the parents and, and one party or another is, is, uh, getting angry. We, we, we would coach the kids to, um, say, I'm going to go to my room right now and, and come back and talk when I feel, you know, more calm. Um, and, you know, setting the expectation for what someone's doing and that there's maybe a time limit on it. I remember just thinking that was so powerful and I wish I would have known that as a teen, but I've found myself using that as a parent because, you know, we are having some conflicts and I've actually gone for a couple walks. I say, I'm going to go for a walk. And, I've, and, I, and it's only taken like around the complex, like a two minute walk. And then I come back in and I'm so glad that I had the skill to say, I just need a break. And I yeah. bet there's a lot of that yeah. going on right now. There's a lot of that going on, creating a space for yourself, yeah. like you're doing with taking yeah. a walk. Uh, just consciously, you know, one of the things we're practicing is, is looking at people with eyes of love and compassion. Mm. 
and that even if they're, you're upset with their behavior, if you can say, look, they're not doing this to make my life miserable. They're doing right. it because of their own issues and, and they, they can't really help it. Right. And then you can um, let go of the anger and address the behavior. Mm, yeah. It, it's, um, it's fascinating to me that when you started Kid Power in, well, I think, 1989, um, that you addressed a need that you had and then built an organization that has evolved to fit different needs, but also stayed so core to these basic principles that you have. I mean, was that conscious at the time that that needed to happen or was that something you just kept choosing? Well, you know, our values are at the foundation of our work. And I think the values of safety and respect and uh, service have yeah. always been there. But how to translate that have, yeah. have caused an expansion, how to make an inclusive organization. Yeah. And, um, and that people, you know, people like wonderful people like you, Ryan, <laughs> are drawn to not just our work, but our organization and yeah. community because yeah. of our values. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've never been trained in the way that kid power trains people. I mean, it's an honor to be trained that way because it's so effective and you realize you're just kind of, um, shortcutting all the, Oh, discomfort and, oh, I did that wrong. I feel judged. It's like, oh, I get to try this again. Yeah. You know, mistakes are part of learning. I don't right. know how often I say that to myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and the corollary to that, because we all are making mistakes over and over again, and right. I often tell people, you know, how many of you make the same mistakes over and over, and they all go raise both hands. And, and then I say, so you're going to throw those words away. Like I did it again. What's right. wrong with me? And you're going to put your hands on your heart and you're going to say, I do not have to be perfect to be great. Yeah, that's great. That's so powerful. Yeah. And, and it's a practice, you know, it's, um, mm -hmm. obviously it doesn't work if you do it once. No, Yeah. you have to just be at peace with really, um, accepting yourself. Uh, one of my favorite stories of teaching is I was in a workshop with intellectually um, uh, disabled young adults, and uh, we were practicing, you know, throwing away hurting words yeah. uh, instead of taking them inside. And this one young man who was large, and he said, Irene, how can I throw away the words fat and ugly? I am fat and ugly. Mm. And I said, well, it's look at it this way. It's like the moon. There can be no moon. There can be a skinny moon. And there can be a half moon. And there can be a round full moon. And which you can throw away those words fat and ugly and say to yourself, I am round and beautiful like the full moon. Mm, and yeah. he did. <laughs> and, and then, and this is the power of this, he asked me a question. It's the first time, and only time really in any class before or since teaching thousands and thousands of people. He said, so what do you want to throw away? Wow. And I said, well, I don't like my squeaky voice. And, but I don't know what to say to, you know, to, to take inside, to take away that, uh, you know, just to, it's, it's like washing your hands after you throw away trash, you know, yeah. to have it, to, to take away the sting of those words you put in kindness. And so they all conferred, the whole class conferred, and they came back to me and said, Irene, 
Throw those words away. I don't like my squeaky voice. And put your hand on your heart and say to yourself, my voice says things that make people happy. Wow. Never felt bad about my voice again. That's, it's that's sweet. just beautiful. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. There's a saying that says, when one person teaches, two people learn. And it's yes. like you you both got to do that. That's, that's so exactly, powerful that they... Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I've never heard that. It's been what, oh, good. 20 years almost. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Um, I came across an interview with you and you were talking about a study called the ACEs study. Um, and that stands for Adverse Childhood Event Study. Um, yes. So, you know, I think there's a lot of adult worry in the world right now. And that got me thinking, well, that means there's trauma, you know, in this event. Um, and it may be little traumas, it may be big traumas, but it strikes me that Kid Power is an important uh, tool in hopefully reducing these kind of traumas. What have you have you thought about that? I mean, obviously oh, yes. you've thought about that, but <laughs> you know, I mean, that specifically, have you thought about that? Yes. Yeah, so the yeah. adverse childhood experiences or events, you know, that, that it is it's is trauma yeah. and traumatic stress. Is, is damaging. It's damaging in childhood if it's not, if, if people don't find healing mm -hmm. and in some way, then it can cause health problems, physical health problems yeah. too throughout their lives. That was the study. Yep. Uh, it was done by Kaiser and, and the National Institutes of Health on, I think, 17,000 adults that they mm. tracked through a number of years and found a high correlation of cancer and heart disease um, and strokes, not as well as, of course, uh, drug addiction and sure. uh, depression and, and anxiety disorders, tracing back to adverse childhood experiences and, and yeah. the traumatic stress. Now, people, adults too, with enough traumatic stress, it affects us going forward unless we find ways to mitigate that. Mm. And there's so many different tools and some of them, you know, practicing skills. So there's counseling, which is a great right. tool, meditation, a great tool. Sure. And having, creating positive experiences where you feel like you can do something yeah. to take charge of your safety or your feelings, to protect your feelings, to protect your body, to, res to, to have develop positive and healthy relationships and reduce conflict. When you know what to do, it helps to you to heal from the trauma and also helps you to think about other actions you can take to take care of yourself. That's right. I, I just have very, and I have permission to share this story. Okay. I have people write to us at safety at kidpower.org about all kinds of problems, often to do with their kids being bullied in school mm. or worry about child abuse for, you know, towards a, a child and a family. Mm -hmm. But this woman wrote uh, that she uh, she said, I am heartbroken because my grandmother died alone in a nursing home. No one could be with her. And although we're sure it was COVID-19, we, uh, we, it'll, it'll, she'll never be part of, probably counted. It was never diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And our family members, so I'm sad about her, sad about how it happened. And the family members have had so much conflict that I'm actually glad that we're not getting together. Mm. And I feel so much loneliness and sadness and hopelessness and anxiety and fear yeah. 
and I and and I and I don't know what to do. How can you know? Can I do? What can we do to you know to to advocate for seniors or vulnerable people? Yeah. So I wrote her back and I said, first of all, your feelings are normal. Hmm. It's normal to be terribly upset when things like when sad, you know, to to go through grief. Yeah. And loss and 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 this kind of grief and loss is even bigger. And unfortunately, when there's a stress in the family, like a death, then it's also normal for some people to say and do very hurtful and cruel sure. things. And it can really help if but what and so first of all, accept that this is normal. And know that your grandmother, since you love her so much, what she would want you to do is to take care of yourself so you regain your hope and your trust mm. in life and in people and so that you reduce your anxiety mm. and so that you and and then in terms of the family members and so that you can have positive relationships in mm. terms of the family members if you can understand that they maybe that they're mentally unhealthy and that letting go of the upset about what happened to them can help you to set clear boundaries and decide how you're going to relate to them. Mm. And then I suggested, you know, uh, counseling and online counseling and meditation and um, and anxiety reduction, things like tapping the tapping emotional freedom technique mm-hmm. and our 10 emotional safety mm-hmm. skills. And I also told her something I wrote after my father died or actually as he was dying which is that what you can do for the people who are dead our loved ones who are dead is you can remember the good Mm. you can let go of your upset feelings about the bad even if you need to remember it to take life lessons from it but let that go you can uh, take care of yourselves and each other and enjoy your life yeah. That's what we can do for the people who have died. So we keep our good memories. And she wrote me back the next day. She said it had been incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. It's the most helpful thing of all the things she had tried was when she, you know, was what I wrote to her. That she was having a session with a counselor that night. And later she wrote that another idea that she had for managing grief was making like a home altar to help mm-hmm. build something visual with memories in memory of her grandma. That's and that wonderful. all of this together was really helping her. Wow, there's such a simple act, but there's so much in there. I think, yeah. just, I mean, just knowing that, well, I've always known that I can call you, so I've never emailed you. Um, I, but, you know, I, I've noticed that throughout the years when I have a question, a safety concern or a worry, I've called you. And just knowing that there's an email and you can write it all your feelings down, that might be therapeutic in and of itself, but that there's someone, there's an expert on the other end there that will think about the problem and has probably seen similar ones and can give you really good advice. That's so comforting just knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I tell people, I might not be able to, often won't be able to tell you how to fix the problem. Can't tell people. We don't give legal help. We're not therapists. So what we say to people, we've been reaching out to everybody through our email and newsletter, through the website, through Facebook, through, you know, all the people within our Kid Power community. And it's how are you doing and how Mm. can we help? That's great. And those are the two messages. And I encourage everybody to ask that of everybody they know. How are you doing? How can I help? 
And what I say to people is I might not be able to solve your problem, often won't be able to solve your problem. We don't give legal advice or provide therapy, but what we can do is provide you with skills and knowledge to figure out how to solve your problem or how to get the help you need. Yeah. And just knowing that it's normal for you to be going through this right now and you're not alone is so helpful too. Um, So there's, I remember going through the training. Um, I had just come back from Japan and I'd studied Uh martial arts and I, you know, I did an amateur fight there and Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I need a job. And then I found kid power luckily. And, uh, I remember going through the training and coming out of it and just going, just having this such a sense of relief because I now had a plan for if something scary happened. And the, the tools you're teaching, they'll be useful in, in an event, in a crisis, in, in a disagreement. But the peace you have when you're not having the crisis too is something I didn't expect. Do you hear that from other people? Oh, yes. They say this helped me be a better parent. Yeah. Best management training I've ever had. Wow. And you know, Ryan, it's wonderful. And I want to do our, of course, want to do our in-person trainings again. And we yeah. will. It may take a long time. Sure. And I'm just being realistic about that. Oh, yeah. Before it's going to be safe for people to fly. Yeah. And well, in the meantime, we can provide training and, and for people in how to how to teach and use these skills. Yeah. And for the, because most of the skills are not physical self-defense. Yeah. That's right. And that's um having the tool and especially having a tool that you've tried using it just even once. Now, you know, having that script, like you know, a while ago or a few minutes ago, you just said, um, how are you doing? How can I help? Oh, now I know what to say in a moment where you might not know what to say. How do you reach out to people? It's so nice to have a script and a, and a tool that you've used. Um, that's something I've really appreciated about. I think it's made me a better parent, a better person. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, gosh. Um I have so many questions for you. I'm just going to take a look here. Uh, okay. I want to ask you a personal question. Sure. How do you um, stay out of the collective worry and sort of negative thoughts that are so common on social media and in the news right now? I mean, you always, well, you come with a lot of exuberance and joy and you do that really consistently. How do you do it? <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, that, you know, uh, with, with the 10 emotional safety techniques, we have uh, one of them is the screen technique okay. where you imagine a screen and that's in the air and yeah. keeps out the bugs. Okay. And if I do look at the news and I do limit my exposure to the news, and okay. um, but sometimes things just pop up because we mm. need to be active sharing our skills on social media and sure. there's stuff on the side. Yep. If I say, is there something I need to know? Mm. That's my screen. Hmm. Um, what is it? Is it more the same? Mm-hmm. Is it? You know, and I avoid the temptation to click. I use my mm. hands down power. <laughs> Don't do click. That. I don't need to see it. Is it going to help me today? Is it going, is it important for kid power to know? And if it's not, I let it go. I just screen, screen, screen. And that's part of, to to protect myself from that negativity. 
Um, and it's not that I don't have times. So, uh, you know, I've had times where I have to stop, like you take a break, take a yeah. walk. Um, and when I'm hearing somebody's story, I always like like this woman. My heart went out to her yeah. Yeah. with this tragic story of, I mean, just imagining her grandma dying alone. Yeah. And now her feeling so alone yeah. uh, is that it. There's a joy in having and purpose and hope in being able to do something to help. Yeah. To say, I care. If the only thing we ever said to our, each other is, I care. You are important yeah. and I care. That's Think really how much powerful. better our world would be. And yeah. so knowing you can do something simple that can make a difference, even if they, they maybe they, they won't react. I don't need somebody to react a certain way. Mm. Uh, I was thankful that she did get back to me, but if she mm -hmm. hadn't, and I would just send a little blessing off with her mm -hmm. and, and wish her well. Yeah. Um, so just that knowledge. And then sometimes people have written and then I don't hear from them for 10 years sure. and then they write again and they say that was so helpful. They just hadn't gotten back to me about it. <laughs> they had just gone on living their happy life, maybe. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah, and is so good. And so just that knowledge. And I'm so blessed to have so many wonderful people like you in our Kid Power community that, um, you know, there, there are times when, of course, I get sad. Uh, mm. You know, this has been a very interesting year for me. I said yeah. my word for 2020, maybe the word of the year or maybe the decade was love. And yeah. that was my son got married on January 4th, which was wonderful. My mom died on January 15th, and she was ready to go. It was the two-year anniversary of my dad's yeah. death. I had the honor of being with her in the last part of her life. I had to. I had a complete workout of my kid power skills to advocate for her to get the kind of pain medication she needed, mm. even as she was dying. But yeah. she did, and she died peacefully. Her last words to me were, thank you. Oh, wow. Wow. You're a, you're a great advocate, Irene. And I Thank love you. that you teach others advocacy. I mean, it's been personally beneficial, but mm. I know that every time I watch a group of people leave one of our classes, I just think there are more people in the world that are more capable of, you know, yeah. living their best lives and caring for others and, and protecting others. So mm -hmm. your work is incredibly important. Um, yeah. Our did, work, Ryan. It is. Our well, work. you're, you're so good at sharing that too and encouraging. Mm -hmm that you know and it really feels like um an organization that is able to pivot yet retain its values i remember when someone said oh you should work for kid power um i looked at the website and i i read through the mission statement and values and i said i don't know how i could be that kind of person but i'd like to be around people that are like that <laughs> you know so uh, you know uh, mission statements and values sometimes are more mm, uh, maybe not lip service, but it's rare to see an organization that really does it. And I just commend you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think you... everybody came here for the same reason. So for our mm. kid power community, and, and I do want to make sure your listeners know we work with all ages, all abilities, all walks yeah. of life. And yeah. we have become an international organization at first through word of mouth. And then with the internet, uh, yeah, much, uh, more efficient word of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. I will link 
to um, all our sites, your your blog, okay. um, the videos, all the all the resources. I'll make sure okay. I get an exhaustive list. Um, there's so much. Okay. I I hadn't looked at the website for a while, and it's, I'm really impressed with how busy you've been. Um, uh, did you? Uh, in the moment that you realized there was a problem that you needed to solve, you know, 30 years ago, was it 30 years ago? 35. Yeah. Well, the, do you want me to tell the story? Yeah. Yeah. I actually love okay. to hear the story. It's, it's, it, it right. sounds different every time I hear it. All right. <laughs> Not well, that it changes, it, but you know, no, my perspective on it changes. Yeah, I know. So in 1985, which is before Kid Power started, when that, that was the incident that, that inspired this. I was a young mom with a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I uh, took a field trip of, of girls from a, a school uh, in, uh, to visit the City Art Museum, hmm. which at that time was a love of the library in Santa Cruz, where we live. And on the way down, I was also a community organizer, worked with many different kinds of, of nonprofits and helping them to develop programs, create funding, uh, strengthen their organization, mm -hmm. work out problems. Um, and <clears throat> and I had just written a book called One, Two, Three, The Toddler Years. And I, yeah. my joke is I'd be writing 19, 20, 21, <laughs> the letting go years. But Kid Power happened instead. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that was me then, and um, and and suddenly, uh, on as we were coming out of the library, then this man got triggered with a lot of problems. Got triggered by the sight of a mom with eight kids, and mm. he started to follow us. He said that I had all the cute little kids, and he didn't have anybody. Mm. So I told the kids, "If you're scared, hang on to me," and they did. And I crossed the street like an octopus with eight <laughs> little hands hanging on to me. Mm. We got down to the Metro Center because riding the bus was part of our adventure. Mm. And as we were standing at the information counter to find out when the next bus would come, one of the girls said, here he comes again. Oh. This time, I saw this man charging towards us with his arms stretched out, shouting that he was going to take one of the girls. Wow. Yeah. And everybody froze, except for me. It's a classic case of the bystander yeah. effect. Uh, not because they were bad people, but because mm. they didn't know what to do. Right. Uh, and I, and sometimes people are just shocked into disbelief. Sure. And yeah. And I, and so I did what I know you would do. <laughs> I just got in between the man and the kids and I started yelling. I yelled, you're not allowed to scare kids which I later thought was not the most intelligent thing I ever said. <laughs> it was all I, like I could it. think of. I know, all I could think of. And we had a face-to-face -face shouting match. And it was pretty yeah. intense. I mean, his yeah. spit was landing on my oh, face. Oh, you were that close. As I was shouting, go away. Yeah. Leave us alone. Can't you, yeah. you know, and, and, and he was shouting, I can do what I want. And finally, I ordered a man standing and watching us to get, I said, get over here and help me. Can't you see these kids are scared? Mm. And when very embarrassed, he came to stand next to me. Then the man that um, was was attacking us ran away. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. It was intense. And the kids yeah. were fine because I scared and the bad guy ran. Yeah. But I wasn't fine. You yelled. Yeah. You yelled and the bad yeah. guy ran. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, I mean, in that 
moment or right after that, did you know you needed to create something or how did that thought process evolve? I knew, I, you know, I, my friend Ellen Bass is co-author of the book she'd just written called The Her- Courage to Heal. Ellen, uh, her daughter Sarah was in that group. And she said to me a few weeks later, she said, Irene, how are you doing? And I said, well, it's just, I keep having these floods of anxiety and and rage. And And so she told me she had taken a a class with a head-to-toe padded instructor like what you do. And that that doing that had uh, made a big difference for her. So I got involved. I took that class. And I found that not only did I feel more confident, Mm. but I also was more confident in my, and I was pretty assertive already, but also more confident in my daily interactions, not just out on the street, Mm. but also in daily life. Interesting. Yeah. So then um, I I was, uh, you know, my, you know, but I kept on with my life and all my community organizing and other things. And then one day, um, I overheard my daughter talking to her friends, and they said, do you remember that guy that uh, that bothered us? What if he'd knocked your mom down? Oh, wow. And my daughter said, because she had seen videos of me doing the self-defense, she said, oh, if somebody tried to knock my mom down, he'd be sorry. <laughs> and then she said, I wish I could do that. Oh, wow. And that, and that was it. And then there yeah. was a series a series of abductions in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing stranger abductions, which is more rare, but does happen and very tragic when it does. And I would see these these parents, usually moms, but also dads saying, I told her and I told him and I told her and I told him not to let somebody they didn't know get close to them. But some story like he took her yeah. bicycle and she followed her bike and now she's gone. So I gathered with many wonderful people, martial artist Timothy Dunphy, who's uh, our our program co-founder and a a martial artist and uh, educators and Ellen, uh, who had told me about kid power, or not about kid power, about self-defense to begin with. um, And we started to create and field test programs for being safe with people. And starting with self-defense, but then expanding into all the other things right. that people needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, if you felt better in your normal life just from a mm-hmm. physical self-defense class, imagine what all yeah. these other skills. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go on. I interrupted you. That's no, no, it's fine. <laughs> so I, so then, uh, you know, because I knew that I, because my model was to set up a nonprofit because that's okay. the work I did. Yeah. And so, um, and, and gather collaboratively to make programs. And we very quickly said we wanted programs that would be fun, not mm. scary. Mm-hmm. We did not want to traumatize our students. Yeah. Pretty soon, people who were te- had teens were saying, what about our teens? Because we were mm-hmm. kid power. And then very soon, they said, what about us? Can yeah. we learn? these skills in such a fun and, 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 and we also, there was no lecture. It's practice. As you know, we practice the skills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, it, it seems like you can explain things and people are not quite as um, nervous because they're not having to do anything, but when you do it and you get over the fear of can I, then you can truly relax. You're not, you're not relaxed because you're not being pushed. You're, you're relaxed because you know you could 
use the skill exactly. and now you don't have that worry. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and did you, did you notice that happening in maybe other classes or did you have, did someone you consulted with say that, you know, um, this, you know, uh, not, what is it called? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Experiential learning. Right. Um, so how did yeah. you learn about experiential learning? Well, because I am a physically dyslexic person who does not learn easily by being shown or told. I okay. learn by doing. Right. And the, and then pretty soon it became clear. So I, I was very challenged learning physical self-defense. Okay. Um, until, but, and, and the, the hands-on part of it is what helped me learn. Got it. And so I realized that, uh, you know, so, so I just naturally gravitated to learning by doing. Mm. The other thing early on when people said when we were first teaching children is they said, don't just teach children, always teach their adults, teach yeah. their parents, teach their teachers, teach their grandparents. Yep. Because if you just teach kids, you're setting them up for not having ongoing support. Right. For what the environment. Learning. Yeah, that's a really good so, point. So that's been a, a key to it. And because I had a lot of child development experience, I, I knew that kids are literal. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, and so, uh, you know, that they aren't necessarily going to translate one thing to another, although mm. I have to say they translate quite a bit, yeah. uh, that, uh, that we needed to break things down into small steps. And that because I get so frustrated learning that we, I didn't want other people to be frustrated. So making it small and coaching them in a mm. positive way each step of the way. Mm. So that became our model for learning. And I guess it was, uh, and, and of course, it's, it was very self-reinforcing because it sure. wasn't just me. Right. <laughs> Lots of right. people found this a much easier way to learn and a much more effective way for their kids to learn. Yeah. And it's, it's what made it fun, you know? It, yeah. Fun, fun for the students and fun for the instructors too. I, I mean, when you're teaching in a way that you know you're addressing all the learning styles, you know, all it's it's not regardless of size or shape or skill or any of these things that could be a concern. When you know you're getting to everybody, it's so much more fun to teach. That's right. Um, it's an interesting. So we we react or we we interact with people socially, and it feels so natural. To yes. then take it back and say, well, look, we need to learn to do this skillfully is such an interesting um, step. And it's almost a leap. It's a, I mean, it's a small step because we learn to do other things skillful, skillfully that are much less complex than human interactions. How do you um, convince people or, or share with, you know, show people that this is a valuable um, skill to learn? How do you, you mean know? to do it, to actually do it? Yeah, to take the time to learn boundary setting and, and um, yeah. uh, the other everyday safety things we teach outside of a crisis, you know, because that's when well, we it's take like... the problems, yeah. Mm. We take the problems they're dealing with, be it okay. bullying, be it conflict in the family, mm -hmm. and we start with where they are, with their okay. abilities, with their life situation. Yeah. And then we show and practice and rehearse, demonstrate, and then coach them mm. to be successful. 
Because yeah. when you're failing and struggling, it's you don't feel successful yeah. and it's not fun. What makes it no. fun is that you are successful and it's what makes it effective and empowering and confidence yeah. building and all that good stuff too. Yeah. Um, you know, they call it efficacy, feeling yeah. that you are capable yeah. and that you can be powerful and that you're yeah. valuable are the the keys in 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 having a strong sense of a, your ability to protect yourself and yeah. also good for lots of other things like getting jobs and absolutely lots of well one of the side effects of this is that you know going through the training realizing oh you teach this way but you also train trainers this way and now i think i'm kind of spoiled because when i go to learn something else i i wish it was presented in a similar way you know yeah. so um i've i've become a bit of a learning snob thanks to you <laughs> i have to be honest and tell you that at the beginning we weren't nearly as good at training our instructors as we got by the time you came along and with uh, your help we've gotten better and better uh, but uh yeah because we also had not been taught this way so we were yeah. doing great for our students but at the beginning we were it was much harder for our instructors got it got it it sounds like you listened a lot to feedback um and yeah. and didn't um uh, you weren't afraid to change things you thought, you know, were important or, or good already. Yeah, there's has been like this thing inside that says warmer, warmer, colder, colder. That's mm -hmm. part of my own internal mm -hmm. filter about our mm -hmm. values. One of our values is evolving. Yeah. Because if you don't evolve, like now we are major evolving. Absolutely. Things that don't evolve become stagnate. Yeah. Stagnant, you know, you don't want to be set in stone. Our right. values can be set in stone, but the yes. way we teach and how we reach people and what we teach, we can be learning and growing and not throwing away things unless they really don't work, right. but examining them and re-examining them and adding to them. And, yeah. and that's part of how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. In, in nature, uh, flexible and diverse is strong and resilient, right? It's the same way. Mm -hmm with this yeah. yeah um what is there a question that you wish people asked you more often how can we support you ah, okay <laughs> yeah i'm the director of a nonprofit, and we That's are yeah, and you yeah. know we are facing, uh, and we are we are going to be here. We are not going anywhere, but yeah. we are facing a, a dramatic, like many, many, many people, loss in funding because yeah. we were about to teach thousands and thousands of people in person classes. Yeah. And, and people can support in so many ways, you know, they can just by sharing things from our website, mm -hmm. donating in any amount, we, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot. People don't have to be yeah. wealthy to donate to Kid Power, yeah. you can donate like $5, you know, it all adds up. We have 60,000 people a month that come and use our website. Oh, that's if great. each of them gave a dollar, if half of them gave a dollar, we would have no funding problems. Wow. Yeah. And and you um so they can donate and then you also have non internet based resources. I know you've been. I mean, you you write probably every day. Yes. And yeah, so share it on books. the blog. Yes. Books, yeah. Yes. 
Yes, we have lots of books, uh, and people can find them, you know, on our website. We sell mm-hmm. them in, uh, in in ebook form as well okay. as in print form. And we have our safety comics, our children's safety comics, which have been one of the uh, one of the most popular books we have, are now in color. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to really get a copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every so, time I see my write. daughter reading. Yeah, oh, it's it, it warms my heart. Sometimes I I find her reading them, and um, you Aww. know, without me, and it's it's great. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 you know, people can write on their you know write on on Amazon or write recommendations sure. on our Facebook page. Those yeah. are all ways people can help. There's so many different things people can do, and the most important thing is really sharing, taking our skills and sharing them with other people, teaching other, using them yourself. Mm-hmm. Telling us what does and doesn't work, what else you need, and uh, and teaching others. Yeah, that's great. Um, I have one more question because it, it happened uh, the other day, <laughs> so maybe you can help me with this. I remember you wrote a post a long time ago about how to talk to children um, when there's scary things in the news, and so this is kind of related to that. But I'll link that article because it's so important now. Yeah. Um, we were walking, you know, just getting some exercise. I think we had our dogs and, uh, we saw a friend. So we said hi and we we're standing, you know, appropriately apart, way further apart actually than six feet. And he started talking about the news and how this was going to go and how scary it was. And then, you know, we should be more scared than we were. And, and, uh, you know, I think I just, um, put my arm around my daughter and, and I actually just walked away and didn't say anything. And I felt like, Oh geez, I just walked away from my friend with in the middle of his sentence and didn't say anything. So I felt bad for doing that. But what, what can people do um, both to avoid talking about scary things in front of children and to protect our children um, that might be in our lives? That's wonderful. And wonderful that you did something, you know? Uh, so first of all, you, you know, constantly now as I'm walking down the street, I am aware of people because we yeah. need to keep our distance and some yeah. people are not doing a good job and me- yeah. most people are. Yeah. And so I have the, my cheerful, excuse me, excuse me, would you please, uh, would you please stay on the other side of the street? Or if they have kids that are half the street, you know, could you all walk single file? And they go, yeah. oh, oh, okay. You know, so part of it is that, so you could interrupt a friend Mm-hmm. And say, excuse me, let's talk about something else, mid-sentence. Mm-hmm. But that excuse me uh, yeah. makes it less impolite. Okay. So if, if I was going blah, 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 you could say, oh, this isn't going well. Say, excuse me, let's talk about something else. That's great. I love having a script. Okay, I can do that. I can say excuse me next time. (laughs) Yeah, then for your child who may, uh, just picking up on the normal thing, is it is to acknowledge feelings to say, you know, or or if if your friend, now you don't want to put feelings on your your child that that maybe weren't there, is just to say, gosh, you know, my friend was really upset and you know that we're safe and that we're okay. That's great. And that would be something to say. And then periodically, we do recommend asking kids if if there's, is there anything you've been wondering or worrying about mm. that you haven't told me or okay. that you'd like to tell me again, even if they have told mm, you. I like that part. Yeah. And just yeah. saying, you know, just in a natural way as you're washing the dishes or something. Um, 
So Can you say that again create, to excuse. It, uh, oh, which one? The the, the, the whole thing. Yeah. From the friend interrupting the friend. No, no, the, just the, the part checking in with the child about if there's any okay. concerns. I think it's so. Yes. Important. Is there anything you've been wondering or worrying about that uh, you haven't told me? Or that you're still thinking about if, if they have told you, or that you're still yeah. thinking about that's still bothering yeah. you. Is there yeah. anything that's still bothering you? Is and that, then you listen. Okay. And you say, Thank you for telling me. Yeah. You don't try to talk them out of it. You just say, Thank you for telling me. And, um, and often just being able. If a child is constantly worrying, then you can look at anxiety mm. reduction things. A lot of people are finding that the um, the tapping technique, which is mm -hmm. just uh, uh, the emotional freedom technique, is helping yeah. their kids as well as them. Mm. Uh, so doing something physical on the pressure points mm -hmm. of your body, just tapping as, as you're kind of visualizing um, and releasing anxious feelings. Of course, if the child is really, really anxious and, and things aren't working, you could look for therapy online. There's mm -hmm. lots of resources online mm -hmm. right now. And um, But sometimes simply acknowledging and saying, yeah. what can we do to feel better? Being prepared if kids are acting out or seem to be regressing mm -hmm. to uh, just accept that, that this is normal that this is often a reflection of anxiety. And so being very patient and, and, and doing a lot of energy towards, you know, emotional safety and nurturing instead mm -hmm. of task-oriented. Okay. It's more important to enjoy each other. Taking a walk right. together is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. just saying, you know, we, we have also our kid power protection promise, mm. which is, uh, is, is to say, and we actually have adults say this to each other okay. is to say, you are very important to me. And if you have a safety problem, I want to know, even if I seem too busy, even if somebody we care about will be upset, even if you made a mistake, even if you promised not to tell, even if it's embarrassing, please tell me, and I will do everything in my power to help you. Wow. That's, yeah. that's great. And we've got posters. We've got a little video about that. If you go to the kid, uh, into our resources the, or onto our Facebook page, um, they, you know, we are, it's been translated into different languages. Um, so, that just creating the space for emotional support yeah. and for feelings to come, but not, and then being just very conscious like you were mm -hmm. about protecting kids from the news, protecting them from adult worries. Yeah. That's great. I, I, I feel so much better. Just, I mean, obviously I've heard of these things and just talking to you and knowing um, that we can get the word out uh, so people know where to get some resources and tools if they need it. And just um, hearing this is normal, you know, for you to have feelings right now and it's okay. And uh, there are people that care. Yeah. Thank you, Irene. Um, oh. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Ryan. It's, a, it's really, this is a wonderful way to, to be able, and just always great to talk with you, and a wonderful way to be able to share some of what we do. Well, that's the show for today. 
Whether you live here, visit here, or would like to do one of the two someday, I'm really grateful that you're listening. If you like what you're hearing, don't be afraid to like, subscribe, or share the show with a friend. And if you know someone with a story that's simply too good to go untold, please reach out to me at untoldsantacruz at gmail.com. Thank you.